0: After a year-long delay, the Tokyo Olympics officially opened today.
1: Between COVID precautions and controversy over protests, we'll talk about what viewers can expect and which events to keep an eye on.
0: I'm John Bickley with Georgia Howe. It's Friday, July 23rd, and this is Morning Wire. Marvel's Black Widow nosedives in the box office, shaking theaters and Disney execs. As Hollywood attempts a comeback from 2020, how is the industry's strategy and content being impacted? And are there some silver linings?
1: And with Amazon founder Jeff Bezos' successful space flight this week, the space tourism race is ramping up. What's next for Bezos and his competitors, and what does it mean for the new space race?
0: Thanks for waking up with Morning Wire. Stay tuned. We have the news you need to know.
2: This show is sponsored by Birch Gold Group. Inflation is destroying the dollar. Birch Gold Group can help you protect your IRA or 401k with a precious metals IRA. Text WIRE to 989898 to claim a free info kit on physical gold and silver. There's zero obligation. Text the word WIRE to 989898 to protect your savings today.
1: After a year delay due to the pandemic, the opening ceremonies for the Tokyo Olympics have finally arrived. COVID has had a major impact on the excitement for this year's Games, but as of now, we still have two weeks of the greatest athletes competing on the world's biggest stage.
0: Here to tell us more is Daily Wire's sports reporter, Joe Morgan. Good morning, John. Morning. So obviously, COVID 19 has been the major talking point at the Olympics so far, many wondering if they'd even take place. How much has COVID impacted the Games thus far?
3: Unfortunately, it has had a major impact. On Tuesday, the chief of the Tokyo 2020 Organizing Committee refused to rule out canceling the games at the last minute. Tashiro Muto said it will all depend on COVID cases moving forward. Additionally, the first U.S. athlete expected to compete has tested positive for the coronavirus while in Japan. Taylor Crabb, a men's beach volleyball player, tested positive and is now in quarantine. So Crabb is out. Correct. Crab confirmed his withdrawal on Thursday, and Try born will take his place as the partner of four-time Olympian Jake Gibb this weekend. And of course, tennis player Coco Goff pulled out
0: Sunday after testing positive. Right. Now, a few events have already taken place, including the women's soccer team's matchup against Sweden. That didn't go well. What what happened there?
3: Well, they were shut out 3-0, This was the first game of the group stages, and it ended their 44-game undefeated streak. Sweden has long been a thorn in the side of the U.S. women's team, knocking Megan Rapinoe and the rest of the squad out of the 2016 Olympics. The U.S. team next plays New Zealand on Saturday in what Rapinoe calls a do-or-die game.
0: So if they lose that game, they're likely out.
3: Right. They could possibly lose and still survive, but it's very unlikely.
0: There's been a lot of discussion about protests heading into the games, and the women's soccer team has been part of that. What have they done so far, and what should we expect Saturday?
3: Yeah, so ahead of the game against Sweden, all 22 players on Team USA took a knee. It's become a major point of contention with some U.S. fans. It is important to note the kneeling took place before the start of the game and not during the national anthem. Now, they were not alone in kneeling. Team Sweden also knelt before the game, as did the teams from Great Britain and New Zealand. It will be interesting to see what happens on Saturday. The trials included some protests from other American athletes, including in the women's hammer throw, so many will be watching for more demonstrations.
0: Well, COVID and controversies aside, there's a lot to look forward to over the next two weeks. Oh, absolutely. These are the Olympic Games we're talking about. Right. So what events should we keep
3: an eye on? There's quite a few, actually. Number one on a lot of people's list is Simone Biles all-world champion gymnast. She's the gold medal favorite in four individual events in Tokyo, and she has a chance to win another gold as she leads the U.S. in the team competition. Biles is attempting to pull off the first-ever Yurchanko double pike vault in competition. She showed off the move in podium training on Thursday, and it has the social media world buzzing. If she does medal in all five events she's favored in, Biles would become the first American woman to earn five goals at a single game.
0: Incredible. Incredible.
3: Biles also has a chance to become the most gold-winning female Olympian in any sport in U.S. history. Biles has four gold medals, and the current record for most gold medals is eight for a female U.S. Olympian and nine for the world.
0: Wow, her career has been amazing to track.
3: It certainly has. Allison Felix is also an Olympian to watch. Felix will be participating in her last Olympics and first as a mother. If Felix medals in Tokyo, she would equal the great Carl Lewis's record for the most Olympic
0: medals by an American track and field athlete. We'll definitely be watching. Joe, thanks for the breakdown. You got it. Daily Wire's Joe Morgan.
1: Up next, Hollywood attempts to make a comeback after COVID lockdowns. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're paying too much.
2: Switching to Pure Talk saves the average family over $800 a year. Right now, get Unlimited Talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. Find the plan that's right for you at puretalk.com.
0: Hollywood came to a screeching halt last year amid government-imposed lockdowns. With theaters shuttered, many of them permanently, box office revenues had plummeted.
1: Here to discuss Hollywood's comeback attempt is Daily Wire's entertainment reporter, Megan Basham. Thanks for coming on, Megan. Thanks for having me, Georgia. So we're seeing a lot of stories about the box office recovering and people going back to theaters. What's your assessment of what's going on right now?
2: Well, you know, I think everyone in Hollywood is breathing a sigh of relief at this point that studios are finally releasing big new movies back to theaters. So Mm -hmm. that's a big plus. And you know, a number of those movies like F9, A Quiet Place 2, have proved to be significant earners, earning 70 million, 47 million respectively in their opening weekends. So it is clear that audiences are ready to go back to the movies. But big studios have also been trying to compete with Netflix to draw subscribers to their streaming platforms. So they've spent the last few months testing out different release models, simultaneously releasing films to both streaming and theaters. Basically, what they're trying to do is have their cake and eat it too. And now that has set up, I I would say, something of a nasty showdown between theaters and streamers.
1: So a showdown between theaters and streamers. Do we have any indication right now of who's winning?
2: You know, if you had asked me last week, I probably would have said streaming, because Marvel's latest, Black Widow, seemed to be the highest-profile release to prove studios could really make that hybrid approach work. Hmm. It made $80 million at the box office over opening weekend. It also made $60 million on the Disney Plus platform. So at first, it seemed like this great success story. But then came the second weekend. And at that point, it dropped almost 70%, steepest drop in Marvel's history. Well... That was obviously embarrassing for Disney. Yeah. The National Association of Theater Owners took it as an opportunity to release a strong statement condemning that simultaneous release model. What they said is that it proved the hybrid model, quoting here, is a pandemic era artifact that should be left to history with the pandemic itself. Disney. I won't say they issued a mea culpa, but they did say that they plan to return to traditional theatrical release models. Their next few films will only premiere in theaters. And Warner Brothers, who famously angered some very heavy hitters like Batman director Christopher Nolan by simultaneously premiering all of their 2021 films on HBO Max, they followed suit. They're going to go back to
1: theater-only debuts in 2022. Okay, so theater launch is still lucrative. Does that mean that everything goes back to the way it was before COVID, though? Not entirely. You
2: know, what studios have taken from this sort of experimental period is they don't believe movies need to be exclusively in theaters as long as they used to be. The standard before the pandemic was a 90-day theatrical window. Now they think that half that, say 45 days, is enough for big movies. And some studios are looking at even less, 17
1: days for smaller films. So, not long at all. Do we think that's going to have an effect on the kind of films that get made? You know, that's an interesting question. And if you think about
2: this, if theater windows shorten and movies go to streamers more quickly, we're going to start to see a content trap. Basically, everyone is going to need more movies to release, and studios cannot afford to make that many big budget tent poles. Mm-hmm. So my guess is what this could do is reopen the door for more diverse genres again, say romantic comedies or even any comedies at all. Maybe even prestige (laughs) dramas.
1: I really hope so. Thanks for coming on to talk to us this morning. Thanks so much for having me. Daily Wire entertainment reporter Megan Basham.
0: Earlier this week, Jeff Bezos became the second billionaire in a matter of days to take a trip to space.
1: In an 11-minute supersonic flight, the Amazon founder flew over 65 miles above the Texas desert in the first-ever civilian crewed mission for Blue Origin's New Shepard.
0: But what does this mean for the future of space exploration? Here to dig deeper is Daily Wire's Ian Howarth. Good morning, John. Morning. So we've seen a few historic events related to space travel. Walk us through the last two weeks. Well, on
4: July 11th, Sir Richard Branson flew as a passenger on Virgin Galactic's Unity 22, which reached a height of 53 and a half miles after it was drop-launched from its mothership, VMS Eve. On July 20th, Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin launched his first crewed flight, reaching a height of 66 miles above the Earth in a rocket-powered capsule. While Sir Richard Branson's trip had two pilots and four passengers, including Sir Richard himself, all of those on Blue Origin were civilians, including Bezos and his brother.
0: So, major landmarks for both companies. What's the next step for these projects? They've
4: all said this is only the beginning. After landing on Tuesday, Bezos made it pretty clear.
3: You obviously have grander space ambitions than going to the edge of it. Did this moment motivate you to push deeper into the cosmos? Hell yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, pretty conclusive. Yeah, and he's not
4: alone. So Richard has also discussed the notion of space tourism and space travel on a broad scale. Over the years to come, there there will be thousands of people who uh, we we will put into space and and will become astronauts and hopefully we will come back and uh, and realise just, you know, what a special world we live in. And then Elon Musk has also discussed the idea of space as a resource. For example, mining precious materials from the moon. So the truly incredible launches we've witnessed in recent days are certainly not the end.
0: These launches really were amazing to watch. But we've also seen some blowback from critics.
4: Yeah, there have been some pretty vocal critics of the various ventures. Senator Bernie Sanders, for example, condemned both privately funded launches by focusing on wealth inequality.
3: The very richest people in this country are becoming phenomenally richer. In fact, one of them has
2: been out, in, out of space today, I guess. That's what he does with his billions.
4: <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And then uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren also criticized Bezos, claiming that the Amazon founder hasn't paid any taxes. And climate activists say the space race will contribute to climate change. Meanwhile, defenders say that Bezos, Musk, and Branson have figured out how to travel to space in a far more affordable way than the government could ever achieve. All without, we should note, any taxpayer dollars. And for those concerned about the climate, Bezos is actually arguing that innovative use of space could help address environmental issues.
0: So you noted that both of these flights were privately funded. Does this signal a change in how space travel works moving forward?
4: I think it definitely shows a potential changing of the guard in space-based innovation, particularly when there is a financial incentive when it comes to the idea of space tourism. After decades of governments holding a monopoly on space, we seem to be on the edge of civilian travel to space for fun. If you can afford the ticket, of course. (laughs) Right. We should zoom out here though, and understand that this is all happening as part of an international space race. China, for example, is pushing to send crewed missions to Mars in the next few years and want to build a permanent presence on the planet. So it's likely that private industry and government might need to work together if we want to win not just the race for space tourism, but
0: the race for space. This is all exciting stuff. We're watching history here, and it's being driven by the private sector. Thanks for the reporting, Ian. My pleasure. Daily Wire's Ian Howarth. Those are the top stories this morning, but there's more in the news to keep an eye on.
1: Other big developments that we're tracking this week. Another condo in Surfside, Florida, has been evacuated over structural concerns. The three-floor condo, Regent Place, is just blocks away from Champlain Towers South, which collapsed on June 24th, killing at least 97 people. This is the second building evacuated since the deadly collapse. And the number of Americans filing jobless claims for the first time rose unexpectedly this week. The Labor Department reported 419,000 jobless claims, the highest number since the week of May 15th, and nearly 70,000 more claims than economists projected. The news sent stock market futures tumbling.
0: If you like this episode and are interested in hearing more, subscribe to Morning Wire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, and give us a five-star review.
1: That's all the time we've got this morning. Thanks for waking up with us with the news you need to know.
0: Get the Morning
3: Wire newsletter delivered straight to your inbox when you join at dailywire.com subscribe. Use code MORNINGWIRE to try our Reader's Pass plan, free for 30 days.